Welcome to the Swamp Men Golf Podcast. So in episode three of Full Swing, we saw Ian Poulter in Money or Legacy. Uh, and it was basically Ian Poulter playing some really average golf and deciding whether or not he was going to go to live. Uh, Woody, what's your hardest decision in golf been? I think it's whether to take the seven iron or not take the seven iron. It's probably the hardest decision. And usually the answer is take the seven iron. That's is this in regard to chipping? Not just kind, of, from, kind, no. of from any, kind of from anywhere, really. <laughs> <laughs> there's the driver seven iron, then there's the fairway seven iron, which could land in front, or it could go at the back, or it could be a chip, or it could be a putt. So quite often when I stand over a shot, I just think this could be a seven iron. And then I usually play a seven iron. So that's the hardest decision. I could just go around with a seven iron and a putter, and I think I'd probably score about the same. In a way, isn't it the easiest decision? Because you know you're going to do it. It's like the harder decision would be not playing the seven iron. But, but the, hard de- the hard decision is knowing that that's what I am, a seven iron man on the course. It's like if I'm playing a seven iron every shot, I'm not a real golfer. So it's, a hard, it's hard to accept when I make that decision. But it's usually, prophecy. it's usually the right one. Okay. I think leave your putter at home. Just take the seven iron. <laughs> uh, Will, what's your hardest decision in golf? It was when we were playing Carlisle Bay down in Cornwall. And it's almost not really a golf decision, but it was probably the wettest round we've ever played. I remember Woody saying that at that point, there was no point of his body that wasn't wet. And I thought of some places that would normally be dry and they were completely soaked. And we had buggies at the time, as you guys know, and Woody was trying to drive up a hill in one of these buggies. <clears throat> and somehow, and I still can't work out exactly how, we started slipping backwards and Woody fell out of the buggy and I saw him writhing around on the floor. And the, the decision that I had to make at that point was whether to save Woody or whether to save myself and the golf cart, <laughs> or just dive out and save nothing. Um, you know, I picked the golf court, golf cart, and I'm I'm pretty um, pretty happy I made that choice because we saved our clubs. <laughs> Being in the four ball behind and seeing him sliding down the hill in the rain was like just it's like it was like he was on a slide at a theme park. It was incredible. yeah. I'm going to say not the first time it's happened. No, definitely not the last. No, definitely not. Moving on to episode three. Uh, How did we enjoy it? Well, how did you like the episode? I don't know. I I, I thought it was a good episode. I thought I weirdly liked Poulton more than I thought I would even. I love him on the golf course, but I thought as a person, he'd be a real knob. Mm. And actually, he was kind of a bit more like down to earth. I like that he was taking the piss out of his hairdos and outfits that he used to wear. Like he's a bit more self-aware than maybe I would have thought he'd be, but yeah, ultimately went and joined Liv in kind of an understandable reason. So yeah, there was, there was a lot to like about it. And I'm, you know, they've been flirting with this idea of Liv the whole time and kind of good now to like get it out in the open and have it something that they're addressing. What are your thoughts on episode two? Uh, yeah, right. I liked it. Yeah, I liked episode three and two. Um, 
I particularly like the storyline about Porter adopting two American kids. That was, <laughs> that was unexpected. Um, and he gave them double-barreled first names as well, just to really lean in. Yeah, that was. I, it took me a long time to get my head around that. I was like, they are so unlike Poulter. Like their, you know, their accents. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really liked. I really liked him. I'm always quite quite liked him. I think he's quite. You know, he stands out from the crowd. He does what he likes. He doesn't really care about the noise. That's why I think he doesn't care if he goes to live. He's just going for the money. You know, I really liked his interviews because I could. He was he was dodging the question a bit, and it was probably done a long time before you know this all came out. So he was probably a bit like tight lipped, but he was giving it away on purpose and was like having a bit of fun with it. And I think. I think if I was a player like him, who's, you know, he's not won a major, it's not like, he's not going to win a major. You know, he's going for a lot of money. I don't think he has a legacy as a, like, great Ryder Cup player and hopes to be a captain. I think that's the only thing that's sad about it is, like, hopefully we'll get him as a captain because I think he'd be great. It was basically a £20 million decision, right, or whatever it would have been, like, well over £10 million, whether you want to be in the Ryder Cup anymore and have a chance at captain. And it's like, I can kind of understand that. I mean, take all the politics of Saudi Arabia out of the question. If you're just talking about making that personal decision for 20 million and you just weigh up logically, would I take 20 million not to be Ryder Cup captain? It's like, or not to have a chance at it and probably not play Ryder Cup again. It's like, I can kind of understand why it made that. I would just say as well, actually, the biggest travesty of that episode was those mitts that he was wearing. (laughs) No one was prepared to talk about them. It was like, it was sunshine in the States. And he was like praying with them with these massive mitts and no one even commented on them. I genuinely thought he might swing a golf club with the mitts. It was completely unacceptable. The thing that I, there was, he kept saying stuff like, I think I can still compete, like I can be, like I can be competitive, I need to do better, I've like, I've not been my best this year, I need to improve, like, like, and I think that all of us probably think, no, that it was a bit like he was taking the money, was admitting those bits of what he was saying weren't actually true, that he can't really compete, that he doesn't want to like ever trouble the majors like ever go to a majors again that and like fair enough like I actually think that's probably true and he should take that I I read it was like 20 to 30 million dollars like put put the massive human rights (laughs) issues aside which I'm glad the episode actually addressed I thought that was really like positive um but yeah but that's not that's not the main issue with Liv though is it the human rights obviously we're all against that but the real issue with Liv is how fucking lame it is that's what that's that doesn't get addressed enough. And that's, that's, the re- that's the real issue. <laughs> that's the real issue. Yeah. That, that was like, you just did the Phil Mickelson quote where he yeah. was like, look, I have to say, I don't stand for human rights violations. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, cheers, Phil. Thanks for clearing that one up. And then, and then he's like, oh, yeah, and uh, I'm sure no one else here does. <laughs> like someone was just like, like actually, you know, you know what? I stand for them. Yeah. Yeah. I do sort of agree with you guys with Polter. Like, he's, like, his legacy has been made in the Ryder Cup and he was never going to get into the Ryder Cup team on merit for the next Ryder Cup. 
and like I said, it's the captaincy that is put into jeopardy. Uh, jeopardy, but like that, that for me, that's it. But his legacy will always remain within what he did as a player. You know, you, you don't a good player doesn't always make a good captain, does it? There's a little bit of like we read too much into the captains, and really what they're doing is just picking good golfers and then geeing them up with big speeches. And I just, like would. You, Pulse is a little bit like I know he loves the Ryder Cup. I've heard him like emotional, emotional talking about it, but I'm not sure he would like. I'd believe him if he was trying to like pump <laughs> me up for it. Well, I disagree. I think he's. I think he's like a. He's a born winner. I mean, he started with a like ridiculous handicap as a golfer, didn't he? What was it like? If it, it, it turned pro off four, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like it's like that takes balls. Like, I think he is. I think he would be a good captain. Like, he just backs himself a lot. Like, yeah. he, he'd do a hotel back himself if he went on that out of no accommodation. <laughs> um, I also agree that he would be a good Ryder Cup captain or that he would give good rousing speeches. I slightly worry. He looks like the kind of guy that, in a very relatable way, particularly for me, when he's playing shit, he looks like he just can't get out of being shit and he just gets progressively more pissed off. I quite like that bit when he's back in the change room and he like lobs his clubs and you could tell he's like really pissed off because it's like everyone can relate to that. I mean, he's probably gone round in like the equivalent of like five over and is absolutely <laughs> living himself, which is much less relatable. But like, yeah, Th- that that I think might hold him back from being a good captain because... He doesn't yeah. always have like the positive spin or like the calm influence. So, Jack, did he like Pultz more or less after the episode? He was more like Poulter than I thought Poulter would be. There was like, you know, like, oh, do you like the Ryder Cup? He's like, oh, there's like the bear shit in the woods. And you're like, oh, right, so you're just a big dad, are you? Uh, okay. <laughs> like, he's exactly that, he's exactly that person. Well, did it change your opinion of Poltz at all? I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I thought seeing him in his day-to-day life I'd kind of dislike him but I actually quite liked how he was and how he was with his kids and like he was pretty like honest and open other than dodging the like live golf question yeah I wonder how it's like with McElroy now because like, like I said they were you know notorious sort of radical pairings and seemed to like each other and Rory's gotten this big stance against live which I love and he's really took the lead on that but then you're like is he is he pissed off of everybody I, I wonder yeah. what's not for everybody, or it's just like select few. Do you reckon he understands his pals? Or can I just say something though? Like I agree, like Rory's made the right stance, but it's easy when you're a really great player who's still going to win majors <laughs> to make that stance. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, yeah, Rory, you, you've got it. He's so good at the moment. You know, you can say no. You should say no. Like that's what I think. I don't think he'll feel like ill towards Poulter. I just, I think they're probably still mates. Can we talk about? McElroy being the Jeff Bezos of golf, like started off as this like nerdy kid. <laughs> it's like wasn't well, I mean he was pretty good at golf, but like kind of started believing in himself a little bit that's turned into like massive ego to then becoming like the stacked alpha alpha dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I have nothing else to add other <laughs> And he flies around in private jets, very similar. Yeah, how many private jets do they need to get in on this like series? It's like talking about how he's made thirty million lifetime earnings, and he's just like 
followed for a week and he's just getting a private jet yeah. three or four times. They need so, to jet they need to jet pool together, don't they? That's what they need to do, like a carpool. It's <laughs> be like, yeah, I'm gonna be down the airstrip at one, like everyone just needs to turn up. It's ridiculous. Why are they all coming separately? It's mental. Gonna get the like jet quota in. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this'll be the end of Poulter as in the Ryder Cup. Probably won't be a team captain now. I think that leaves a like sizable gap for a Poulter shaped character an absolutely dominant singles match play play player. Woody, who do you think could fill that gap for the European team? I'm kind of hoping for someone British, but I'll take any European. Probably Rory, I'd say. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's maybe a bit early for him, but that's only because he's, you know, I mean, he's, he's still really good. He's, you know, he's still, I guess he's still quite young. He came through so early. I, I think of him as an older player, I guess, weirdly. But I think he'd be he'd be incredible. Like he's kind of taken on that role on the tour, and, and you know he loves obviously loves the Ryder Cup. You know, played with Pulse, you know, at Medina. Um, so yeah, I could see him doing that. And as we said in the last episode, he's now the alpha dog on tour. He's absolutely <laughs> stacked. Like people would listen to him. They would. He wouldn't take. He wouldn't take shit. Maybe Tyrrell Hatton, but then it's his character's not about sort of like that team game. His character is about berating himself and swearing on live streams. Yeah. Uh, Shane Lowry showed a bit the last Ryder Cup, you know, a few fist pumps and like, you know, said he was born for this and stuff like that. I was like, ah, oh, big Shane might be good at it, but yeah, it's it's what? slim pickings. Has Jimenez done it? Uh, been a Ryder Cup captain? Or yeah. Live? <laughs> is he going to live? No, he is No, he's no, no, doing no. I, I think the only 50-year-old that live have got uh, is Phil, isn't it? Jimenez would be great with the cigars. You can imagine him just not saying much, but just like standing on a hill smoking, just like looking down on everyone. That would be great. Um, what about you, Stick? What do you think? I think I think we'll just. I'm not sure we'll ever have anyone like Pulse to to have never lost a singles on the final day. Is just like absolutely mad. <laughs> and yeah. for I think what makes it so great is that it's he's like he's obviously a very good golfer, but he's in like professional golfing standard he's like been he's not been consistently that good for that long like he's had moments but to be as a Ryder Cup player consistently there and consistently no matter what kind of season you're having to be the guy that comes in and like dominates that final day is it's impressive yeah, just to be like a captain's pick, like just look look at the world rankings and thinking, I, I, I'm going to get in the team anyway. You know, I'm not going to qualify for it the normal way. I'll get a captain's pick just based on legacy. Yeah. I love that one of his PGA Tour wins of three is just a match play. Like, yeah. like just, <laughs> he's just like, oh yeah, I just love match play. If it's just me versus someone else and I can just try and win a hole, I'll just, I'll just do it. It's, it's absolutely like a great way to be at golf, but it just doesn't help him at all in like every other week of the year. <laughs> Which kind of brings me on to my next question. So a lot of the episode focused on Liv. I guess that like it was weird, right? Like they were doing stuff like they tr- like trying to make Liv seem like it was this cooler non-legacy sport. They showed like one of the big. Um, like auditoriums where they were like introducing the like welcome to live they cut to like the first event in like outside london with at centurion club with like big rap track over the top and then you're just like 
I did actually watch it. It's not, like, it's just still golf. Um, I guess we're like, <laughs> just started the second season now. Um, Will, do you think Liv's here to stay? Or do you think that maybe this is going to die out? What do you think? I think it's going to die out. I mean, I think they'll, they'll impact golf in a way that whatever comes out post live is aware that there's some things that they'll tweak to try to make it say more watchable. But in terms of the amount of money that they're plowing into it and the complete lameness of the different team names and like trying to like manufacture a team out of like individual golfers that don't have any connection to each other is just <laughs> like people can see through it and it feels like it's bullshit. Like there's no, there's nothing really to get behind and then it's really expensive for them to run. So I can't see that being sustainable in any way, but I think what it's doing is interesting. Like there's some ideas in there that um, maybe might shake up the game a little bit, but yeah, live as it is, I don't think is going to be there to stay. I think you're right that it, I think it will make the PGA Tour better because I think the PGA Tour could be better. It could be more competitive. You could care more about the week to week, do you know what I mean? Rather than like caring about the majors. Like, I think they'll, they'll hopefully tweak their brand. Were you saying about the teams with having no connection, like the Fireballs? Are they just all like Hispanic? Is that like, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what they've done. That's exactly what they've done. <laughs> So, come on, the high flyers yeah. as well. I saw that the other day. Like Mickelson's been like, he's got, he's been shafted. He's, <laughs> I don't know who they are. They're not high flyers. I don't even. They're not even low flyers. I don't know who they are. The names of the teams all sound like bad guys from children's TV series, though. <laughs> I, I, I'm, honestly, I'm half expecting like Team Rocket to show up like next week. Yeah. Like Woody, what would you take from? Like, is there anything you would take from Liv that you do think would improve the PGA Tour? I actually, I like in I like in um, Formula One, uh, in and and as they've shown in Drive to Survive, you know, I like the team element of it. Like, I like the way they have like Ferrari and you know Mercedes. Maybe they could do it that it is like the manufacturers. Like, I've always thought like you could have Taylor Made, you could have Mizuno, you could have the different brands and you sign because they already sign up to these these uh you know these brands of golf manufacturers so that could be good i'd, I'd like that i'd like an overall like always oh, he's, he's gone to mizuno this year do you know what i mean and, and like always oh, playing is he going to play for this uh manufacturer because they've got the latest driver like i quite like the idea of the teams but i don't think it should be the overriding factor and i think it doesn't work in live because it's just like there's nothing that unites them like other than a name Whereas the clubs could change that, do you know what I mean? And then, and then I think that'd be a really good thing for the for the brands because they could really push like, oh, we've got McElroy, like we've got you know Morikawa. Like, I think I think a team element is good, and I think maybe more team events. Woody, what's the uh, Williams of uh, golf clubs that would you know we still have players, but like you know Honda, Honda, <laughs> top, top flight, Ben 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 Sayer. Then, uh... yeah. <laughs> you, someone's going out there with the chipper. That is coming out. Yeah, with the chipper. Yeah, I quite like that because 
there's also a little bit of something to get behind. Like everyone has their kind of like, you have a kind of affinity to certain golf makes like Jack early and said, you're a, um, Srixen man. Yeah. Uh, or whatever ball you find in the woods and you claim to be yours. <laughs> but like in the same way with formula one, like, you know, you have certain affinity to certain teams. You don't really know why, but because it's a brand, you kind of know a little bit about what they stand for that kind of gets translated into golf brands. Like, you know, you got your more like premium titleists versus vice, which is maybe more of a kind of like underdog, like Ricky Fowler type brand that like, you know, whichever one you kind of relate to, you end up sort of leaning towards that and kind of following that a bit more. And it also kind of opens up, say, Titleist would probably be one of those teams that are going to do well every year or have a lot of backing and should do well, but maybe they don't. And you kind of talk about them as chokers. And it, it just starts creating narratives that people can get into rather than just being like his team rocket that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> yeah. What's one of them's called Rippers? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it Rippers? There's Rippers. Also, there's Range Goats, and you're like, oh, who's in Range Goats? And you're like, oh, Bubba Watson's in Range Goats, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, he's in them. It's so poorly thought out. Even like, even if you just had the captains of the teams, it would have made more sense. It'd be like, oh, Team Mickelson. You're like, oh, I can get behind that. And you're like, no. What, what's the one that Polter and his pals win? Is it the Magic Sticks or the Majestics? <laughs> it's fucking out. I mean, and the thing about it as well now, so no one's sponsoring him anymore. And like Polter is a big, big sponsors man. He's like a darts player when he shows up at a tournament. He's just got <laughs> everywhere. But now but now all the sponsors are dropping him. So he's just going to be in his Magic Sticks outfit with like Lee Westwood and Paul Casey. So that brings me on to what was your most tour player moment of the week? Will, yours? It really stood out when Ian Poulter said that he was really pissed off when he didn't make the cut because I think the quote is um, working for free doesn't float my boat. And it's like, mate, you're playing golf. It's like, you've earned 30 million. You live in this incredible house in Florida. And there's an earlier point in the episode where he says, um, you know, it's all relative, isn't it? How much money you make. And it's like, yeah, it's relative to everyone else. It's not relative to like how many tens of millions you make. <laughs> and you're upset that you work for free. It's like everyone else pays for golf. <laughs> and you come out and say that you love it, but like, and then call it working for free. I don't know. That was like, didn't quite realize the privileged position he was in. Jack, your most taught player moment of the week. I know you like this bit because you're a big uh, you know, put her on the carpet, man. Uh, but you know, the carpet putting at forty thousand feet, I thought was like I've, I've tried to do anything on, on an airplane before. They don't let me do anything. You know, you don't. They don't let me stand and wait outside the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> so like... By they, do you mean Tatiana? Your <laughs> wife. Uh, and yeah, they just yeah, casually putting on it. I mean, yeah, that that was my tour play moment. Also, yeah. just just not on. We have we were touching Greg Norman, but. Greg Norman actually looks like an 80s bad guy as well. So he's so typecast for this this live role. I don't know if anybody's got any thoughts on him as well. Yeah, I mean, we all make mistakes, right? Uh, <laughs> that was his uh, 
defence of Saudi Arabia killing uh, Kishogi. What was your favourite tour player, player moment, Stick? Uh, mine was actually the, the quality of the youngest son's golf swing on the beach and at the house was like like upsettingly good like only like let alone the fact the other son's like trying to go pro or whatever i'm a little bit of me was like i'll be shocked but the younger son was just absolutely like perfect with swing and i feel like you only get that if you're a tour player do you want to be Poltz's son is that is that the issue do you want him to be your Uh, daddy What what I like about the Polter family is that down to a every single one of them has an absolutely terrible haircut. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even the eighteen year old somehow has this like bush of hair back here. It's like you know it's bad when Ian Poulter is making fun of your hair. Poulter's <laughs> only got like the the slightly more acceptable version of his old hair. There's still a lot of like gel. <laughs> And like twists going on in there where it's like, <laughs> mate, you're like old Matt, like just have a normal haircut, have something very plain. Not yeah, trying he's... to be like, that was a footballer's haircut when like Wayne Rooney was 18. Yeah, it's the Craig Bellamy, isn't it? It's that kind of look. It's like, I think it's all right. When people have a midlife crisis, they usually buy a Ferrari or something like that. Polter already has uh, an extensive car. Selection. So I think his midlife crisis will be reverting back to the mullet he had out the back. Yeah. Maybe his midlife crisis will just be a short back and sides. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or he'll wear a normal golf hat. Like he won't wear a visor anymore. Wear a visor. I mean, he's single-handedly keeping visors in business. Surely, like who else is buying a visor? Do you know what I mean? Well, he's also probably single-handedly keeping visors out of business. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to copy that. <laughs> but what was your favourite? ever Poltz moment. Jack? There was a tour event once and he was on the green and you know when the, like, the golfer throws the ball to the caddy and the caddy has to cap- catches it and he usually do it really smooth to catch it and they like, you know, wipe the sand off it and throw it back to him. Poltz did that but he just threw it straight in the lake uh, over his caddy oh. uh, and <laughs> you can only change a ball when you've completed the hole. So <laughs> his ball was just in the lake. So like. So he had to ask a volunteer to like dive in and swim down and get his ball to bring it back up again. That was my favourite part of the moment. The swamp, the swamp Man. The Swamp Man, yeah. The Swamp Man went in and got his ball for him. Uh, yeah. I can't believe he didn't get it himself. Well, he was debating it. To, yeah, to be fair to Paul, he was debating it, but some like, it, was, it wasn't like, oh, I can just wade in. It was fully in the lake. Someone had to dive down. Look, and this guy was picking up golf balls. Like, is this it? He was like, no. So yeah, that was my, my favourite part of the moment. Uh, Will, your favourite Polter career moment? Um, I know it was after a Ryder Cup. I can't remember when, but I just have this image of him just in a post box outfit, <laughs> just looking like a bit of an idiot, but like fully committing to the fact that that is his nickname and it suits him perfectly. And I'm pretty sure he was getting on the beers as well, which made it even more enjoyable. Woody and yours? I mean, it's got, yeah, to go back to it, it's got to be Medina, you know, with Rory. When he get, when he puts that putt in and he's like, yeah. it's just like, I love his passion for it. It's great. You saw it with, was it last, I think it was the last Ryder Cup. We obviously, we lost, but like Shane Lowry did the same thing. 
when he like put a pot and he's just like, ah. that's what you want. That's what you want to see, and that's that's what we'll miss, I guess. It's him just kind of like not acting like a golfer on the course. Um, I love the celebrations. Like you know, whenever you do, I mean, normally it's not actually me doing something good. It's just that I've been shit driving all day and then i finally pipe one down the middle <laughs> and i do the celebration i don't know if i'm intentionally copying what pulse does or whether i do it and then it just makes me think of pulse but that like full golf celebration when you do something good it's just like synonymous with pulse yeah it's like a full body wag like a dog isn't yeah it? like <laughs> the whole body's just like oh it's like when I do the putt, when you know the putt's going to drop for a big one, and then you just, I, I love doing the like, the old, yeah. I don't know if that's a Rory thing, or is that a, that's a Tiger one, isn't it? That's the like, Tiger fist pump, yeah. That's a Strong Tiger, one. that's the one I like. Right, he'll have his legal team on, but no, that's mine. So, uh, so Stick, what was your favourite moment from Pulse? Um, I think that, so it's like, I think it's his first Ryder Cup, though, I could well be wrong. You know when it's, the, like, the interviewer's asking him, like, oh, you've got a tough match today. No idea who, it, who it's against. I think it's, like, 2004, and it's, like, his first one, he's like, I'm going to deliver a point. And you're like, <laughs> oh, cool. It's just, like, imagine if they came to me before, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I just really home. <laughs> you can um, see him kind of think about it, and he gets close to saying it, and then... He stops and the interviewer asks him the next question and then he, he like doubles down and he's like, I will get a point. I will get a point. <laughs> he was yeah. just always waiting for like a team of like the fact there's a team format, you can he just clearly laps that up and mm -hmm. that like the drive to deliver for his team is so big on his shoulders that he just and he just always does. It's so impressive. Well and he was like, at Arsenal, wasn't he? He was at Arsenal as a kid, uh, as like yeah. a Football player and like it, it, and he loves football. Football's his like true love and like like I said, that you always wanted that in golf and the Ryder Cup is that. Yeah, and I think maybe it's one of the reasons he's left to live as well. And it's a massive shock to him that when he's got there and it's not the the team sport he expected. Well, we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> that bit in the episode where he gets asked, "Would you play for Vladimir Putin?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like. I don't have to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, obviously I'm not going to answer that. It's like, yeah, I, I love Putin. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what, what was he supposed to say? Would you play for Saddam Hussein? <laughs> so, for another 10 million. <laughs> I mean, would you guys play for Putin if he offered you 30 million to play some golf? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, he'd be disappointed with, with his... Uh, Investment. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it'd be a similar outcome for other stuff, though, as well. We see how he's failed so much in Ukraine. He may as well fail on me as well. <laughs> I mean, it's a hypothetical question, Will, obviously. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on speculation. I'm not going to do that. But you would. <laughs> would you, Will? What, for 30 million? Yeah, I mean, if it's only golf. If it's me playing golf, it's, yeah. to, be any, to be honest... Taking thirty million off Vladimir Putin is probably doing the world a favour. Yeah, that's true. He's had thirty million for him not to spend on something else, and if he's spending it on me playing golf, that's not going to further his uh, <laughs> reputation in any way. Yeah, that's not going to sports wash. That will damage his reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's he can sign, he can sign all of that. 
He could sign all of us up. We could start a campaign to sign up bad golfers, just to just to empty his like coffers. Put his name through the mud. Yeah, that's sports muddying. <laughs> what country? You know, is there a really ethically sound country that could do with their sports muddying up a bit? And we can play for them. Australia. Uh, I could muddy up some Australian sport. Yeah, yeah. The sandpaper scandal, mate. They're all they're all cheap. Yeah. So, Woody, you're obviously the big Phil Mickelson fan on on the show. Uh, how was it seeing him in the episode? Uh, were there any te- like you hoping for a bit more Mickelson live controversy? Yeah, I mean it's kind of sad seeing him. I mean, um, and he's kind of become this kind of like kind of hate figure for the for the movement, and it's sad because like, I used to love watching him play. Like he's one of the most entertaining players. You know, he hits crazy shots. He's always in trouble. Like watching him win the PGA, like not that long before he moved, like that was like honestly. I was so happy to see him. It's the only time I haven't bet on him winning for like 20 years or something crazy. Like I didn't, just didn't, I forgot. I just thought there's no way he's going to win another major. And then he did. So yeah, it's sad. It I kind of as well as a, as a fellow left-hander to like see someone who plays the same way you do, you know, yeah. to, to see yourself in a professional. I've got him or, or what's the uh, Canadian called? Mike Weir. It was Matt Weir. <laughs> <laughs> So I went with Phil. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, I've always like, I, I remember when he was, I remember when he just couldn't win a major. He was the best player to never win a major. And then he won that, you remember when he won that major and he played from the pine straw over the water? Was it the 13th? I can't, I can't remember which one. It was the, it was, it was a really tough shot. I've always loved watching him play. I just hope there's a redemption arc with him somehow, like, like Tiger, you know, has had one as well. I don't know. I feel like I really hope the noise drowns out and he comes back because, you know, people have done far worse, I think. I hope his legacy isn't tarnished. I mean, it's hard. For, I know a lot of people don't like him, but I find it really hard. And I think he is, I, I, okay, he is like, you know, he's sometimes a bit cheesy, but like he does bring a lot of laughs to the golf course as well. It, it does fit the live brand though. You know, I, I think being a bit cheesy and shit, like you know, I just I just always remember like Phil Mickelson just going on the golf course with a uh, like a full length shirt sponsored by Workday. Like he's 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 a live man, you know. Like who else goes onto the golf course with a full length shirt with a full length Workday shirt? And you talk about like a Tiger redemption. I think it's because Tiger all all of Tiger's sins were outside of golf, so like golf is willing to accept him back all the time because it's all you know. He's not done anything bad to golf. He's just done bad things to his wife. And yeah, yeah. maybe exactly. may, maybe Phil just needs to say, you know, we all make mistakes, <laughs> and then he'll be welcome back. <laughs> so it's also, interesting it's also- that there's only two major left hand left handed players. Is that something that's is there something inherently difficult about being a left-handed player, or is that just an anomaly? The tee boxes, yeah, they're always set up for right-handers. I don't. I mean, that's probably not true, but it feels that way on a golf course. It always it does. does. It's weird. So I think. So I think Augusta is one of the only courses that benefits a left-hander. So if you look at the winners there, Mike Weir, Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, like 
it's because like August is like a draw golf course. Like it's good to draw the ball, but a draw is never a safe shot. But if but for a left hander, that's a fade, which is like you know a safe shot. So yeah, I've heard some chat about that. I could be talking to bollocks, <laughs> but like as in I you know if you look at you know winners at Augusta, there's, there's some left handers in there. You know Phil's got what is it three at, three at Augusta? Woody's always mentioning the tee box being set up for right handers, and I'm always thinking. But you just hit the ball straight. Like if you just like I don't like we're both we're both gonna hit the ball. But I get it at like the professional level where they've got like a ba- they're all trying to play a baby fade or whatever. But I obviously don't have that level of control. So I'm always thinking, no, because we're both hitting the ball from here. That, it's just because the tee box. It's always because the trees. I always feel like I'm closer to the trees. Like the trees are kind of coming over that bit where I'm like teeing up. I'm like I'm teeing up into the trees. It seems <laughs> to be quite often that I feel that way, but it might. I might just be thinking thinking too much about it. And there's probably holes where you're teeing up under the trees that I don't know about. But <laughs> yeah. I know Stick's got a lot of second shots in the trees. It's not his tee shot. Is <laughs> when yeah. he's got his huntsman jacket on, <laughs> yeah. patrol patrolling the tree line. So on next week's episode, we'll be reviewing episode four of Full Swing, uh, covering a golfer that backs himself for about 70th in the world, Joel Damon. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Please like and subscribe the video.